Welcome to Beauties and Banter, a lifestyle podcast where we are relevant, witty, and opinionated. Okay, y'all, the banter is brewing. It's time to sip some tea, so let's get into it. Hey, y'all, it's Toya Nicole, and we are halfway through season two. Time flies when you are having fun. So we're taking a break. And we are bringing you a few of our favorite clips from a few of the recent episodes. So this is a good opportunity if you are a new listener. First of all, hey, y'all. Thanks for tuning in. If you are a new listener and you kind of came in maybe on last week's episode, you'll be able to hear on this podcast a few of our favorite clips from recent podcast episodes and so if you want to hear more all you have to do is scroll back up on the podcast and check out those episodes in full so I'm sure a few of you all already have your favorites um, so you may hear it on this one but love for you all to go back if you're new and check out some episodes from season two and as always the best thing you can do for us to show us how much you are enjoying the podcast is to write us a review on iTunes as well as engage with us on social media. Our hashtag is Beauties Banter and on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, you can find us at Beauties Banter. We love to banter with you online and No worries about when you're going to get a new episode because we will be back next week. So until then, enjoy this best of season two podcast and we will talk next week. Bye. This is the Vogue September issue that's out now. And actually, um, just the other day, they released the about a three minute video of her behind the scenes in the shoot. And so beautiful. You get little glimpses of the babies. Um, but she's stripped down and she's braiding her hair. Um, Beyonce's hair is long. Like, that was another debate about, like, when she's wearing weave, when she's not. She has really, really long hair. It's, like, down her back. Um, so she wore her natural hair and, and got it braided. And even that, like, I felt like that was her low-key way of, like, answering that that rumor, too, you know? Um, that that wasn't her long, that hair of hers wasn't long. Um, so I'm just going to read this. Um, so she says, after the birth of my first child, I believed in the things society said about how my body should look. I put pressure on myself to lose all the baby weight in three months and scheduled a tour to assure I would do it. Looking back, that was crazy. She goes on to say, after now giving birth to her twins, which she had to have an emergency C-section for. She says, after my C-section, my core felt different. It had been major surgery. Some of your organs are shifted temporarily and in rare cases removed temporarily during delivery. I am not sure everyone understands that. I needed time to heal, to recover. During my recovery, I gave myself self-love and self-care and I embraced being curvier. I accepted what my body wanted to be. And I think it's important for women and men to see and appreciate the beauty in their natural bodies. Say that again for the people in the back. I think it's important for women and men 
to see and appreciate the beauty in their natural bodies. She goes on to say, that's why I stripped away the wigs and hair extensions and used little makeup for this shoot. To this day, my arms, shoulders, breasts, and thighs are fuller. I have a little mommy pouch and I'm in no rush to get rid of it. I think it's real. Whenever I'm ready to get a six pack, I will go in the beast zone and work my ass off until I have it. But right now, my little fupa and I feel like we are meant to be. And for those of you who don't know what a fupa is, <laughs> Google basketball wives and fupa and you will see it. But it's the little area where your little tummy slash mommy pouch is. Um, I thought that was so great, you know? Embrace your fluffiness, girl. Embrace Yeah. It. And it was so good to hear somebody like a Beyonce, you know, because it's like we not only put pressure on ourselves, but we put pressure on, you know, celebrities and artists. And she's felt that pressure, obviously, too, you know, and as much as people do think she's beautiful and desire her for her to still recognize, hey, my body is not what it used to be. I'm a little curvier, but I'm going to embrace it, you know? And I'm like, how dare we not let her either, <laughs> you know? She's birthed three beautiful children from that body, you know, worked her butt off since she was 16, you know, in her career. Um, it's like, I think sometimes we don't give ourselves those opportunities. I feel like as long as you're eating right, being healthy, which she is doing, it's just that like, this is what her body wants to be right now. And that's fine. And the thing is too, is not just putting pressure on, you know, celebrities put pressure on themselves and each other. They then put pressure on everybody else because mm -hmm. then you have regular people Looking at these celebrities, again, going back to one of our very early on podcasts of IG is just really somebody's sizzle reel. Right. We see the behind, we don't see the behind the scenes of what's going on. We just see what's glorified and what's up in front of us. We don't know the work that they put in to work out. We yeah. don't know the private chefs that they have, <laughs> the coaches that they have, the private, um, workout, uh, personal trainers. Have. Yeah, personal mm. trainers. We don't know any of those things. We just see the end result. We don't see the hard work. And one of the people that I like to applaud who shows some of that or who has showed some of that is Angela Simmons. I've said that before, too, is she shows, okay, this is what I, I was. I wasn't happy with that. My body is not perfect, but I'm not going to go buy a body. I'm going to go build my, I'm not going to go, um, I'm going to build my body. I'm going to build it through working out. So she has now hired a personal trainer and she shows you that but she also shows you her workouts that she does without that trainer she shows you what she eats as well too and and um now she has this website where she teaches you how to do it but one of the things that i've come to realize is that faith can take you places that fear and doubt cannot mm -hmm. so the longer that you hold on to that fear and that doubt you'll never be able to go any further you'll always stay stagnant so faith over fear is something that we have to have. Um, and the only way that's going to really work and win is having faith. So just step out of faith. Well, and I think, like you said, the stepping out on faith is the biggest piece. You know, what I've learned is that a lot of times why we don't activate our faith is because of 
the fear of not knowing what's going to happen. And what if I take this step and the results don't turn out the way that I plan, right? Um, And so I know what I used to have a bad habit of when I was operating out of fear, right? Fear that things won't work out, fear that it won't go the way. I would get into, in a sense, like manipulation. So I wasn't even allowing my faith to be activated, you know? And when you operate out of fear, you know, you feel like the only way to get the desired outcome is by manipulating people and situations to take control, right? But if we're controlling a situation, that really leaves no room for God to truly step in and work a miracle um, and to really use our faith. And so I've learned to say, okay, I am. I'm going to put this in God's hands. I'm going to step out on faith and I'm not going to focus on controlling the outcome. I truly am going to see how things play out. I'm not going to allow my fears that I have of things going the wrong way to overrule and for me to start getting in the way of what could be a miracle that God wants to work. Yeah, because you also have to realize is that when you put your hand on it and you kind of control it, but you're saying, I have faith, you really don't have faith. Yep. Because you're still holding on to what you think should happen or you want to happen. Having faith is letting go of everything and yes. saying, God, it is up to you. I'm going to leave this in your hands. I'm going to walk away and not think about it anymore. Yep. That is having faith of a mustard seed, what, they, what the saints used to say. You have faith. Um, you have faith. Uh, and you believe of a mustard seed so you have to go and do that you can't hold on to those things I mean I've been so guilty of doing that before and really being in my own way and the way that I was the only way that I was able to get out of it is to overcome some of those things and sometimes you have to have people to help you and pull in your uh, cheerleaders or your inner circle or your family to help you through some of these things or a coach or a pastor or whoever that person is for you, help them or your significant other to get you through these things and guide you so that you can get out of your own way. Yeah. I remember one of the things that I used to be scared of is being, when I first started blogging, I was like, what if people don't like my writing? Mm-hmm. What if it isn't good enough? What if, um, because you know, people are very, uh, they're major critics, and they will criticize your work. And so I was afraid of that. And I'm like Erica Badu. I'm an artist, and I'm sensitive about my ish. Right. So I don't <laughs> you criticizing what I'm doing and what I'm writing. And yes, I do make mistakes. We all do. However, this is the thing that I'm putting out there for people to read. So if you don't like it, and you say you don't like it, you might be hurting my feelings. So I was afraid to blog at first. I was afraid to put myself out there. But then I also had to realize that I'm invested in myself and I'm invested into something that's good. My writing is good. People will enjoy it. So just do it. Yeah, I was saying, I remember when I was planning like my first live event, it was like one of my first workshops for my social media consulting. And I remember being so worried about how things would go that I almost like didn't go through with it. Right. Because fear can stop you dead in your tracks. You can be so overcome with the fear that you don't even move on whatever the plan was. And I was so anxious and worried 
down to everything like you said like how you were worried about your blog what people read it i was like will people show up i mean i got down to like what if there's not enough parking what if people like come and there was like there was no parking and then they leave um how are people going to respond to my presentation what if people are like we already know this stuff and at the time i was working with the business coach and she was just like just do it you know just do it step out on faith take this big leap and it all turned out well right you know but sometimes fear can just stop you dead in your tracks before you ever get to tap into that idea that vision that you have you can just halt it all with like fear and that is where having that faith and hopeful expectation comes in like just do it just try it or whatever um and you have to be open to what's gonna come you know but i feel like and that wasn't the first and like that was the first event but it wasn't the last event i had right so from doing that and being able to overcome that i was able to keep it going you were able to keep your blog going and go on to do all kind of different workshops and events you know just because you finally decided to like take that step of faith and just go for it and what i also had to realize is that if I didn't accept my writing and if I was afraid of what people would think, they're going to see that in my writing. They'll read that in my writing. And then, yeah, they won't believe in what I'm saying or they won't accept what I'm saying. I had to write what was good enough for me. And once yeah. I wrote what was good enough for me and I believed in my writing, then other people started to see that confidence come through in my writing. And the more that I wrote, the better it got. And it's just really taken off. I'm an author. You know, I've also co-authored some books as well, too. So it has really grown into something that I never thought that it would. And if I had not taken that extra step in the, and, and gotten that push, I would still be worried about starting a blog. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, yeah. You are an author. I am an author also. So, um I want to talk about, I actually talked about this in my book. Um, so as I've mentioned before, I wrote a book, um, Ordinary Women with Extraordinary Purpose. And I have two chapters in there about confronting fear and keeping the faith. And one of my favorite stories that I shared in there was a time where I really got to see firsthand um, God work in my life and see like how faith can kind of like really come through during a difficult time um so i'll just share the story it's really a truly testimony um real quick but when i was working for myself full time i was freelancing i had left my corporate job and it was definitely one of those seasons at the time where um the income was a little unstable is that the right way to say that my income was not very stable at this point of my um business and one of my clients was two invoices behind on payments so you know it is so critical when you don't have that steady nine to five check to get your money on time and i went to church and the particular sermon that day was titled the heart of a giver and the pastor had challenged us to kind of give a little more and i was a steady tither right so i would always give and pay my tithes 
and um but i you know admittedly was having like financial difficulty right again i got a client that's two invoices behind i'm expecting money that i don't have but i made a decision that day to still pay my tithes and offering um not knowing when i was going to get paid not knowing the outcome so uh a couple of days later with in that i ended up um having one client decide to renew services with me um and i wasn't planning on that you know and so that was a blessing but then i really feel like this unthinkable happened where i had someone who reached out to me who was i'll say former client but he was actually never one that had ever paid for my services it was a friend and when i first started my business he was someone that i offered to consult and i was like don't worry about it it's just a good opportunity for me to like get my feet wet with consulting well it had been over a year since i did this for him and that week like i said a couple days after church he reached out to me and he was like hey remember you helped me like a year ago and i kept saying like i wanted to like pay you for what you did for me and i felt your services were very valuable he was like i never followed through with that what's your paypal address so i can send you some money right now and i girl (laughs) i was floored i was like wow you know i never discussed race with him or anything so i was like okay here's the paypal address this is back before cash app y'all so (laughs) i've been in this game for a minute so wasn't no cash app uh so it was paypal back then and do you know the amount that he gave me was not only more than i expected it was more than the two invoices that was that i was you know that i was behind on um and it was over double of what i had just um no i take that back it was five times the amount that i had just paid in my tithes so right i mean it was just like that quickly that money you know was replaced out of nowhere but i don't believe that was out of nowhere it was all god you know and i feel like even in the midst of my financial difficulty when i took that step of faith to say i still want to continue the plan that i set up the agreement that i had with me and god because i feel like tithing and giving is an agreement that you decide with god you don't get to tell people what you know i had made an agreement with god to tithe this certain amount and because i kept the faith and i was like god i know you will supply it was just like god's way of showing me i got you (laughs) you know i got you and it was like i knew then what i always knew but sometimes you just need an opportunity for your faith to be restored um that you can have full confidence in god and the promises as a believer of christ and a person who believes in the bible i believe those promises that are in there you know that says when we have faith when we give when we follow his will when we sow into something we will reap so next thing we know sierra is coming out with a song called level up and Mm -hmm. i'm like okay cc we see you so we wanted to talk today about leveling up how you level up spiritually how you level up personally how you level up 
in your relationships and how you level up professionally. Mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, do that thing and level up. All important. And I know Sierra posted so many ways to hashtag level up. Love yourself, be your own boss, run your own race, find your voice, meditate, graduate, take control, be vulnerable, love fearlessly, phones down, eyes up, make your mark, drop dead weight, surround yourself with greatness, take the leap of faith, plant the seeds, get the love you deserve. Yes, I like that graduate part. Like that is just like something kind of amazing. Because I mean, if you think about it, when you level up, you're going to the next level Mm -hmm. and you're graduating um, to the next level. Mm -hmm. So you're going up a grade or upgrading, upgrade you, let me upgrade you or you're getting upgraded or whatever the case may be. So I love that part because you can't level up unless you graduate. Yeah. And I think the great thing about when you think about graduate and you think about school, right, you have to pass some tests. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times we have to pass those tests at one level to graduate to the next. What happens when you don't pass the test? You have to repeat that grade. And so sometimes we find ourselves repeating the same Mm, lessons. Come on now. Repeating the same mistakes and having to take the same lessons again. And it's like... Until you graduate. And I think that's why everyone was kind of so offended of like, oh, she's coming down. But she said, no, I made that mistake. I dated the no good guy. I had the kid with him. I'm grateful for my family. But I made that mistake. And I graduated into my boo now. I went to my next level. And you can too. So I, I love that graduate analogy because... That's so important. You have to look at your life in though that way, right? Of this is my next phase. This is my next level. And I think about that professionally. You know, I look at all the career moves I've made and the places I've went from starting a blog to being a self-published author mm-hmm. to just helping people out with consulting to having worked full time for over a year, 100% for myself on consulting, you know? That's graduating. Yes. And I think about in my career now, it's like, okay, I started at this level. Now I'm in management. What's my next level? What's my next level even professionally with consulting? Okay. Maybe when I started, it was just me. Next level, level up is having a team, having people doing subcontracting work for me. Maybe my next level is thinking about another business venture, multiple Mm -hmm. streams. I don't have to just stay in this lane of consulting. And this lane of women's empowerment and and this book and this lane of travel, I'm looking at like, what's my next business opportunity? Absolutely. I mean, the only way to level up is to look at yourself and see where you want to go. I have this saying of, I can't remember where I heard it before. If you don't know where you're going, how are you going to get there? Mm -hmm. So if I'm saying I want to be a millionaire by XYZ, if I don't have a plan to get there and to level up, I'm never going to do it. Yeah. I'm always going to say, this is what I want. Yes. Want, want, want. Woulda, shoulda, coulda, but you didn't do it. So you got to keep moving. And you have to take even a small action because I've talked to people. They're like, oh, I want to do that. Oh, I want to do that. Okay. Well, what's the first step? Mm-hmm. One of my favorite quotes is if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Mm-hmm. Because if you don't have a plan in place, then you're not going to succeed. 
And so by you not planning, you are planning your own failure. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when you think about that, like you said, people talk about shoulda, woulda, coulda, just put a plan in place. And so if you say, well, I want to be an author. Okay. Are you writing on a consistent basis? Do you have some type of platform? You can do that now for free, even if it's just writing in a journal. I tell people my book, it started out going all the way back to journals. When I worked with my editor to put everything together in a book, I was like, this is what I have. I brought her written pieces of paper from my journal. I showed her my blog. I was like, these are all my writings. And I know somewhere in here, there's the start of a book. Mm -hmm. You know, I didn't sit down and say, I'm writing a book in 2011. (laughs) It was just like, I realized it, I wanted to do a book and, but I had already started that journey when I was writing, you know, from in my journal and when I started my blog and now it's like, let's put this together. So it doesn't start with, oh, I have to write a book because that can be very overwhelming. Oh my God. It can be very daunting. Yeah. So you have to look at it that way. It's like start small and take some action to help you get there. So like, I'm sure when Sierra ended her relationship with Future, she knew she needed to because all of his extracurricular activities with his other baby mamas. Mm -hmm. And she didn't immediately go out and be like, okay, I'm out here. She probably started small with like, like she says, loving herself, taking time for herself, getting closer to God. Therefore, when he presented himself to her, or rather when she was presented to him because he then founded the wife, mm-hmm. she recognized, you know what? This is the kind of man I've been praying for. This is the kind of relationship I want. Because a lot of people thought Russell Wilson was a cornball. They sure did. And a lot of people still say that, but yeah. he is so not a cornball. Oh, when they first got together, everybody was like, this is fake. Is she like his pity date? Because their first date where they kind of came out publicly was the, um, the state dinner mm-hmm. when, uh, of the Obamas. Clearly when the Obamas were still in, because ain't nobody fooling with Trump's state dinner. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... And it was like, mm, that's odd or whatever. But now they are the couple. Look at them. Yeah, they have. I mean, we uh, granted, we only see the side that what they show of us. Course. And I'm sure that there are struggles that go on within their marriage. Um, but from what we do see, he loves, respects, and honors her. That's and important. that's what she was missing in her engagement with future she didn't mm-hmm. have that so the next level was for her to get those things and to be those things and to be with somebody who could give her that yeah. and what we have to do is we have to realize that we're what we're not getting and what we want and what we need yeah so i always go back to this in most of the podcasts that we talk about needs versus wants. yes and understanding how to level up you got to understand what you need for you to survive, your needs are different from your wants. I'm going to say it over and over until y'all get this. I get it. Because I was telling somebody else, I was like, my friend always talks about needs versus wants. <laughs> and, yeah, I agree because she was talking about this. <laughs> so I, I repeat you. <laughs> yes, I mean, like, I ha- and I have to think about it myself. Like, I um, was dating this guy, and I had to think about it, and I was like, what do I need out of this relationship? How can I go into this relationship differently? I've had a marriage. It didn't work. Why didn't that marriage work? What did we both contribute to so that I can level up with the next guy? Yeah. Another one of those memes that I don't like, I probably have said this before on the podcast, and you know which one I'm about to say, is the one that's like, 
I don't catch feelings. I catch flights. Ugh, girls. Yeah, or, yeah, catch checks or something like that. Girl. Out there, too, yeah. Uh, like, why, when, so when did, like, traveling mean that you can't have a man? <laughs> <laughs> so, like, sometimes I think people take it too far with the single, don't need nobody, don't want nobody. And I don't know if that's how far Rihanna is taking it, but she's also, I think there's a level of just being real. There are times where you're just like, I cannot just, I cannot deal with the complexities of having a man right now because of all these other things I'm going, I have going on. Right. Absolutely. Been there, done that. Right. You need sometimes just need to take time for yourself. So it's okay to be single and take that time to go through whatever it is that you need to go through or build whatever it is you need to build or just take a break. Sometimes that's okay. You don't have to be in a relationship. Relationships are great, but on the flip side of that, we always want what we don't have. Yeah. And the grass is not always green on the other side. Either way, it's grass, you know, We and there are benefits to being single and there are benefits to marriage. So maybe, let's talk a little bit about that. Like, what are some of the benefits? Because on the flip side of that, you will run into married people. And I have had some of my married friends say, girl, I'm jealous of your single life. So I think some of the benefits of being single has to do number one with what what my married friends always say is the ability to just go pick up and go right whether that means pick up and go on a trip whether that just means getting to work early or being able to stay after work late because you don't have a partner that you're coming home to have to cook for you don't have kids that you have to get to school and pick up from daycare. So being single, you really get to design a life that works for you and only you. And you don't have to worry about the impact on anyone else around you. And so yeah. if that means I decide this weekend, you know what? I think I want to run down to Houston. I can just jump in my car and go. Or if I decide I want to book a trip, I need a retreat. Boom. I'm going to Cabo by myself. I, all I have to do is take vacation off, you know, and ask my sister to come by and look at my apartment. I don't have to really answer to anyone. And when you are partnered with someone or especially if you add children to that, that whole planning to go out of town thing is like a, a whole situation. Like, you know, you have to get everyone's schedules coordinated. You know, I know women who, like, have to meal prep for their men when they're going out of town because, like, they won't eat if they haven't, like, prepared food. He gonna eat. He gonna find a way to eat, trust and believe. But as some of them, that's part of their duty to the relationship, you know, and how they contribute is yeah. the food. And if they're gone, the food piece still has to be supplemented somehow. So... You know, you can do those things when you're single. You can, like, pick up and go. Um, and there's a benefit to that. Yeah, I mean, definitely there's a benefit to that. I agree. I've been on both ends where when I was married, one of the things that when I first got married, I remember I wanted to buy these really expensive pair of shoes. And we had a joint account. And I was like, oh, my God, like, wait a minute. Before I go buy these shoes, I need to think about it because I need to... 
Talk to my mm-hmm. husband, make sure he's okay with that because this is money coming out of our account. It's not just my account at this point. Right. So one of the things that I love about being single is that I don't have anybody to check in with to mm-hmm. say, hey, honey, I want to buy this or I want to get this or I want to do that. You know, what do you think about that? And to have to come to some type of agreement. Um, in the, you know, during the time that I was married, I didn't think I had a, a, a savings account, but I wasn't like taken from that. I was doing things from there. Anyway, not that I need to explain. Yeah. However, <laughs> uh, what the, it would be different for me now in the way that I would go about doing things, but being single to me gives you that liberty where you don't have to discuss your every move. Like you said, if you want to travel and you want to go somewhere, you could go. Mm-hmm. If you want to spend money, you can spend money. If you want to go and jump out of a plane <laughs> and go skydiving, you can do that. So those are different things that you could do being a single person. That's so funny you said that about skydiving and jumping out of a plane because especially when you have children, that changes the type of adventures and risk that you take. And it reminded me of that video of DJ Khaled. Everybody knows he's got his son, Asad, who I follow on Instagram and is the cutest little baby and is already like a millionaire producer. But that little boy is living his best life and he don't even know it. And don't even realize it. (laughs) Don't even realize it. Got Grammys and everything. So... DJ Khaled and his wife appear to be somewhere on vacation and they're in these ATVs where they reach this little rickety rack bridge that like is going to take them to the other side. And he's like, nope, ain't about to do it. And they're, <laughs> I love it because he's like, I'm the father of Assad. I can't be taking these kind of risks. And if something happens, and that is one thing to think about is that you have to think about leaving a partner behind, leaving children behind. And so things like skydiving, going across bridges on the ATV, all you start thinking of it in a different perspective. And when you're single, yes, y'all will mourn when I die. But at the end of the day, I'm not necessarily leaving anybody here um, to fend for themselves or to go on life without me. Um, that was dependent on me, you know, because as a single, you fully support yourself and you, you aren't supporting anybody else, you know? Yeah. And it's, it's interesting too, because there's a flip side to that to say when single people do get married, it's a change for them Yeah, because you have to adjust to inviting people in to do different things for, to, You've got to change your whole, I mean, not change your whole lifestyle, but you just have to change your way of thinking and being open and saying, okay, I'm sharing this with someone at this point or family at this point. So let me embrace that and do things a little bit differently than what I did before. And that can be hard. Mm-hmm.